1: Just like that, we're back. Cool Button Hockey Podcast, episode 127. It's about races. It's about 50 goal scores and 100 points as the push to the playoffs is on. But Craig, eh, something didn't sit right with me over the last week or so, I guess. It just reminded me of the process. And, you know, I don't like what's not right. I like to be a realist. I like to have a problem and then come up with a solution. What didn't sit right, and there's a lot of players in this game, is Blake Lazant cross-check to the face of Josh Morrissey, A.J. Greer cross-check to the face of Mike Hoffman. It had nothing to do with Mike's speech, and we understand the process of, you know, how severe the contact is. Is a job broken? Is a guy out for five weeks? It's going to change the suspension. But I always like an act. That does have a deterrent, makes a player think in the moment, protects players, all players. If we protect McDavid, then we're protecting the kid who's on the ice for the first time straight out of junior or college. So, who's most to blame? Like, sometimes I think, you know, who's most to blame to me is like the players. If the players got, if Mike Hoffman says, don't worry, I'm going to go right to the new PA head and say, this is garbage. And if the players take something to the league and the GMs, oh, we didn't realize you're so upset. So how do we how do we properly judge a play that doesn't sit right, even though no one's hurt, like a cross-check to the face? I get worried about cross-checks and hitting from behind. You know, where is Craig on this? Maybe everyone's to blame. Maybe this is a smorgasbord of blame around the table, Craig. Where would you like to begin to protect the players? And we can sleep at night. So the punishment fits the crime.
2: Here's, here's the way I look at it. It it seems to be, uh, you know, and I want to be careful how I use the word consistency, but, 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 but let me talk about it on a macro level. So we have a blow to the head, right? So we talk about the principal point of contact being the head. So in in, in the course of a body check, right? Like a, a shoulder to the head or an elbow to the head. Does anybody get one game suspensions for that? No. Right. So I go back and I look at it and then I sit down and I go, well, wait a second here. Well, you take a stick and you make the, the, the point, the, the head, the principal point of contact in the case of AJ Greer on Mike Hoffman or Blake Lizotte on Josh Morrissey. Like it, it, there seems to be, it, it seems to be inconsistent in terms of the application. It's still the head. The head doesn't know if you've been hit with a stick or an elbow or shoulder. So you know, when you're sitting there looking at that play, it, it, it doesn't feel to me like it's it, it merits a one game suspension. It feels to me that it merits even more. And the stick is a, in, in those two instances, in those two instances, it's not in the course of a play. You know, we, how many times do we hear about a, a hockey play gone back? And, and by that, you know, a hockey play gone bad means, hey, listen, you know what? I was flying in there. I caught him with a knee or I caught him with the shoulder. It wasn't like you were, but, but you did. And you have to be in control. That's where you talk about what I talk. Bob Clark always uses the term speed bumps, slow down the players so that they don't get caught. In the case of A.J. Greer and in Blake Lazat they take their stick and right to the head, right to the faces of, of the two players. I, I I I don't I don't see how you reconcile the, the difference between those plays. I, I, I don't. I don't understand how a one-game suspension can can sit and be the acceptable uh, punishment. That's how I looked at it. It doesn't feel consistent to me.
1: It, the consistency part is that, you know, our friends in the Department of Player Safety have literally clips of what under – The standard we have now are fines, are ones, a whole bunch of twos, doot, 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 are, oh, this is a little more egregious. This is a three, you know, oh my goodness. And I just wonder, and everyone has a boss, that if this is our new scale and it slides from a zero and a fine to three before things get really bad, and the good news is probably going to have less suspensions this year for sure than if you go back, Craig, to different eras of being worried about an opponent's head and harsher injuries. It's, you know, I haven't, they haven't become the Maytag repairman. Uh, Fighting's down, things have changed. Um, And I'm not saying I've got the right answer on comparing this apple with this orange of the past. I think I more so start by saying, if we started a league today and you committed this act, where do we start as the minimum to protect a player and to really let the kids coming into the league know that this is a no-no, that this is a no-no, and if the players aren't fighting, for, like what are the players fighting for? If escrow is the most important thing on their list, you know, shouldn't they be more involved on some rule changes and saying, you know, we don't believe the hand pass should be a rule anymore. It's a it's a dodo bird. Get get rid of it. Causes more problem than it does. I just don't hear from them. I hear from the general manager's meetings. What are they talking about at the NHLPA meetings? Is it player safety? Are they more worried about, don't tell me to wear Kevlar. It's going to be restrictive. I don't want to wear Kevlar. As opposed to a cross check to the face has to start at, even if it's two. I don't hear enough from the players. We hear about the GMs uh, and then a suspension kind of comes and goes. And I'm not saying I've got the answer. there doesn't seem to be an appetite from the players that says, Oh my God, we gotta, we gotta do something about this. Like if if they're not talking, maybe we shouldn't be talking about it. I I, I don't know. And I know that there is precedence. You can go back and say, what do you want to look at? You want to look at a two game suspension? I got files for the last seven years on what a two gamer is. I got a file here on a fine. I got a file here on an elbow to the head. That's a three or whatever the case may be. Um, I don't know. I just, when you see it, it just doesn't sit right. and, And someone's new to the game. And they say, what happened to that guy? Well, he was he was given a game. Given a game? You know, shin music in baseball can be multiple game suspensions if it leads to a, a bench-clearing brawl. So I don't know. If Mike Hoffman has a problem, I think Mike Hoffman starts to the PA and the PA talks to the GMs, and we have an open dialogue about it, Craig. Cross-check to the head.
2: Well, I mean, but but, but again, it, 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 the reason I, I, I go to the macro is if the principal point of contact is the head and it's the elbow and it's a two game suspension or whatever, then how can a stick where the principal point of contact to the head is a one game suspension? Forget about how it happened. The principal point of of contact was to the head with an action by the opposing player. I don't care if it's with your shoulder, your elbow, and the contacts and a stoppage or whatnot. It just doesn't make any sense to me. There's that's where I see the inconsistency. I don't care if you said, I mean, it was easy. It was easy to say, well, based on the AJ Greer suspension, oh, Blake Lizotte will get a game. I think it should be more than that. I want a, I want a more serious deterrent in there. I listen. I've been saying this for years. Listen, you know what? We've made massive strides in hockey with, you know, understanding, you know, the science on blows to the head and trying to make sure that, you know, we we penalize those plays. My own feeling is, and and I feel strongly about it, is. I don't care if it's accidental or on purpose. When you make contact with the head, you're out of that game. Then it's up to the Department of Player Safety to determine, does that merit further suspension? Like I, I get there's accidents. I want the game slowed down. I'm going to go back to Bob Clark's phrase, speed bumps. I, when, when a player knows he could be out of the game accidentally, if, if he did it accidentally or not, that I'll tell you what, players will slow down. Now, to your question about players, but I will say to this is, and uh, I got a two-parter on this. I'll finish with the second part in, in appropriate order. The first part of this is the players are playing Steve. Do do, do we expect the players to be the ones that are lo- looking out for their for safety? They have a voice, but that's not their job. Their job is not to go out and say, well, you know what, we should speak out. And, you know, Mike Hoffman did. Players do want a a playing environment that doesn't put them at unnecessary risk. Understand the thing. There's always going to be risk, unnecessary risk. That's not their job. I mean, in in a work site, you know, it's not the job of the people coming on the work site to say, well, we better have steel-toed cap boots, and we better have gloves and whatever you need to be safe. That, that's done. Hey, listen, we got injuries. We better make sure we put in safety procedures. And now you can't leave that up to the players. That's got to be done by the leaders. Do you do it in collaboration? Yes. Andrew Ferentz, this is my second part. I don't know how many years ago he said it player on his own team, went after another player, hit him in the head. Andrew Ferentz said that's an acceptable play. Oh my God. Can you believe Andrew Ferentz said that about his own teammate? So, until we get past that type of, you know, what we talk about, uh, you know, culture in the game, no, Andrew Ferrance was exactly right. And I'm not expecting players to come out and say, hey, listen, what you did was wrong as a teammate. And maybe you do it privately. But, you know, you think about, you know, where you need to have your voice and where you need to have strength in your voice. You know what? That's where, you know, leadership has to listen. To, to everybody and people, the players in this case, voice your, and maybe you don't do it publicly, but do it privately. And you're right. The NHLPA and every, but, but they are working on that. See, so we might not hear because the players get frustrated too. Like, why are we going to do this? And I'm going to finish with this. I've said this for a long time. The biggest challenge we have is we have 32 general managers that are jury judge Executioner. (laughs) Like, you know what? I want different voices in there. I want former executives. I want former players. I want current players. I want more of a representation of the entire game and the sport. I don't just want 32 managers making all the decisions when it comes to discipline, rule changes, flow of game, everything. I want more voices in there.
1: And I love that. And I'd love to turn 32 if it comes to votes, you know, because I don't think. Gary and Bill vote if we're voting on an issue. So let's just say for argument's sake, there's 32. And because I guess you need an odd number, you know, a Scotty Bowman type, a Craig Button type, you know, um, you know, Wayne Gretzky, if he wants to do it, type doesn't feel like he does because he only works three days a week on TNT. So if, if there's 41, then at least the managers aren't fully in control. I just use that as a as an as an argument. So there's 41. So the vote on something isn't just going to be What the managers want, there's an outside group, right? Without having 64 people in the room. Because I think sometimes, and you've mentioned before, there's some managers in there that are great. They're looking at the big picture of the game. And even though this rule I'm going to vote on is going to hurt my team, it's good for hockey. So I'm going to vote on that rule. I do believe in the Department of Player Safety given a choice. They believe that some of that stuff that's zero, one, and two games should probably be more. But the boss doesn't want us paying players not to play. And, you know, we are in a business, so let's handle it this way. And the GMs always wonder, what if that was my guy and it was a playoff game? If we up those suspensions, I have an advantage because I got a few guys that play on the edge. So this guy's not getting a suspension. My guy might. So the real truth is, even though it's the right thing, to not have a like this is a stick infraction. I get body check. Did you get him with your shoulder? No, you're allowed a full body contact and about. But when it's a stick and the conscious effort of the stick, that's different for me. That's different for me, Craig.
2: Yeah, did yeah, I'm with you there. So understand there's two parts to the equation, though. There's the, the there's the initiation of the act, which in this case we'll just use AJ Greer and Blake Lazar. Well, okay, so we don't want to pay players not to play. What about the injured player? What about the player that might get injured and can't play for three or four or five or two weeks or four weeks? Nobody's about cared about them.
1: Nobody's cared about them.
2: Okay, but that's what I'm saying. But that's where we got to think bigger and broader. Okay, because you know what? You can't just say, oh, why do we don't want to pay players not to play because they created an active. So we're going to lower the suspension. No. What about the player that might be out for two or three weeks? Think, think of the global, of the global issue. That's how I think about it too, because there's two parts to it. And I, listen, I've been in the managers meetings, I've heard it. And, you know, I've listened to a lot of different voices at the board of governors meetings, right? And, you know, it's not here, but like wh- when I hear George McPhee, and I hear Bob Clark and I hear Bob Ganey and Glenn Sather who talk about things on a macro level and, you know, th- th- they're thinking about the game and, and and they understand how the game was played. And Brendan Shanahan said this best, too, when he was the head of the Department of Player Safety. He says, the game we play, talking about himself and his generation, is not the game the players are playing today. So let's not go back to the game we played because we can go back a long time. to the. And that's where I, you know, when I talk about George and I talk about Ganey and Clark and I talk about uh, Glenn Sather, you know, they were, th- th- there was always an idea about like, how do we, how do we look at the game and make it, make it as strong as it possibly can be and by, and and by extension better. And you know what, I, I get it. Not every manager is going to have the, the depth and breadth of, 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 of one of their colleagues, but I think that's where I want, you know, more voices. I don't want just the 32 managers voices. I want more. And that doesn't mean that the 32 can't be a cooler. We reduce it and we add it. I want more voices, current players, former players, former executives, current executives, coaches, former coaches, people in the industry that want. That's what I want.
1: I think it's a great idea. And I use Scotty Bowman. It doesn't have to be Scotty, just an oh, example. I, and the NFL is a competition committee that I understand is made up of people who are not directly tied to any team. So if they want to change the rule mid season, which has happened because they something fell through the cracks There are enough people there to be able to say, this is what's good for football and we'll make rules, not based on how it affects the Dallas Cowboys, but rules that what's good for the NFL. So I like your idea. And then you wonder, like, there's so many great rules. I was at a U15 game, um, big time of the year for the kids. Great game Whitby against Quinty. You see the kids are doing, but a guy shoots the puck, hits the crossbar. And I go to the, you know, the dads are probably wondering, who are you? And I'm, I know the coach. I know the coach. He's a, he's a friend of mine. I'm here to support him. Face off outside, face off outside. The NHL's had that face off inside. So many little tweaks. A guy gets a five in a game. So they put a kid in the box. Who's got to stay there for five minutes. No, you don't have to put a kid in the box. Or if you put a kid in the box, change them after every whistle. So one kid isn't out for five minutes. Like think, like think Carlton Fisk above his stall. Like, think, like, some of these rules, you know, the continuation's a great rule. Um, The knocking the net off, not punishing the offensive team, like, just great stuff. To me, I wonder, in leagues that we respect, in the OHL, talk to Dave Branch, what happens if someone cross-checks someone in the face if Dave says, we start at five? And guess what? Since we started that in 1973, uh, cross-checks in the face are down 194%. The kids know, no way. Wow. Let's talk to the American League about that. What happens? Well, we've had a rule that we do not give a one-game suspension. We go from a fine right to two. There's no such thing as a one-game suspension, and the players know it. Wow. And I'm not saying that's right or that's wrong, and I think there is room for a one-game suspension, but what you said is the key. In the moment, you can't do anything worse to a player who does commit a Terrible act in a the game, then throwing them out of that game. And then if that's the punishment, that's fine. And that's the punishment, Craig. You're in game four, you're down two games to one. You Nazem Kadri, somebody, you are gone. And then we'll deal with you somewhere else. I do like that part of it, but it's not, it's not so much on what is Ty Dolmy on Scott Niedermeyer. Oh my, that's seven, eight games. It's on the stuff that I think the guys. Might feel in the back of their mind, you know, how bad could this be? Oh, I got a game. I missed game, what? AJ Greer missed game 73 on a team that's gonna win 64 games, Craig. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Well, you know, Blake Lazat is gonna miss the game. And and then what? Well, the Kings are probably still gonna win the division. That's where I say, what if that type of act happened in the playoffs? What if Blake Lazat gets his stick up on McDavid, but it happens in the first round that where he gets McDavid breaks his nose or his jaw? Then what? That's different because your act, you're 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 a terrible cross checker. You only get one game. Oh, you connected right there and did more damage. That's the part of this massaging. And I'm telling you, I really do believe. I believe the GMs don't want more. The players are too quiet. And I believe the Department of Player Safety would love to up the ante if they were allowed. That's how I honestly feel, Craig.
2: Yeah, and and, and that's fair. You know, when you think about Jordan Bennington getting a two-game suspension for his antics, and you think about Tony D'Angelo getting a two-game suspension for his antics, Right. And then you try to reconcile a one game suspension for A.J. Greer and for Blake Lizotte. You know, that's 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 where I that's where I see, you know, the inconsistency in terms of sensibilities, you know, coming to the forefront. But you know what? There's lots of time to and and these are things they discussed and you pointed out very well. They have, the, the, they have a log, and they know what they've done, and they've said, hey, okay, we discussed it this way. Did that deserve more? Did it deserve less? And, and they're always going back to their file. And and, and that's, that's some of the really positive things that have resulted from the Department of Player Safety and will continue. But, Steve... You need to have more voices. Ken Dryden, Scotty Bowman—not just to mention the guys. That are, there's lots of lots of people. Have Andrew Ference involved? I mean, Andrew Ference is a is a is a very uh, is a very bright, intelligent guy. And we we, we saw him when he played, he spoke. He spoke his mind. Let's let's have more of that. And I think by having more of that, you know what? We can
1: have uh, potentially less suspensions and a safer game. Sports Interaction is Canada sportsbook. Here's how it works. Log on to SIA.com forward slash cool button pod. Click, sign up, deposit and play. Craig, it's a new week. What do you got? Okay, I got a three-game parlay on
2: Tuesday night. Tuesday night. The
1: Flames host the Kings.
2: Flames aren't winning at home. Kings still pushing for first place in their division. Then you got a big heavyweight battle down in Vegas. Edmonton at the Vegas Gold Knights. Uh Uh-uh, Vegas is winning at home. It's becoming a two-team race in the Pacific for first place, LA and the Vegas Golden Knights. And the third game on that parlay, Winnipeg Jets at the San Jose Sharks. Neither team can lose. Winnipeg Jets win because the Calgary Flames lose, cement their playoff spot. And the San Jose Sharks still with the best odds to land the first overall pick and a chance at Connor Bedard.
1: I wouldn't mind if Connor Bernard ended up in San Jose. I think it's a good uh, kind of a neutral, don't get mad at anybody, Chicago, <laughs> back to Vancouver. Uh, I'm going west as well. I think the Edmonton Oilers will return the favor and beat Vegas. Oilers win on the road, on the money line, take the over. This is going to be a great set. The Oilers up for a first-round matchup that probably is going to be against Vegas or L.A., because it doesn't look like they're winning the division. Oilers, money line over to beat Vegas. Bet on it in Sin City. Sports Interaction is Canada's sports book. Please gamble responsibly. Selling a little or a lot? Obviously, the races are front and center. We've started most of our last few podcasts with the races. Some teams have dropped out. Some teams might win two in a row and get back in the race. The races have been fun. But as our producer, Bruce Bolton, likes to say, this is the golden era of hockey. When we talk about the six degrees of separation, if you go back far enough, like somebody's connected to Howie Morant, who's connected to Gordie Howe and Bobby Orr and everything else, to me on a nightly basis, I'm just... I'm just wowed. Even if saying, even Cooley, is he staying up on the 10.30 Sunday night game after watching hockey all weekend? Yeah, I stay up and see seven six. Felt bad for Joel Hofer. I thought, oh my God, I, you know, there's Phoenix Copley winning again and everything else. And the LA Kings doing some magic and looking good. And, you know, they might be ready to make noise in the playoffs. But in this era from 05-06, 18th year of Crosby and Ovechkin, they burst onto the scene, and then at the 2016 World Cup, we saw Team North America, and we saw all these guys. How good is this 97 going to be? And 34, and Nate McKinnon, all this guy, and now it's their league. You know what was the great story about the 05 World Juniors? The Europeans came to Team Canada and said, "Congratulations, there's your Olympic team five years from now." And they looked at each other apparently and said, "No, nah, that's uh. well." Apparently, a lot of those guys were on the team. <laughs> Years later, the way Craig, we kind of passed the torch, and we've got one Connor, and then everyone's looking at the other Connor. Oh, it's just it's it's amazing. Joe Pavelski still can score. Zach Parisi's got 20, and he goes back, talk about lineage and everything else. I'm telling you, maybe not enough fights for some people, maybe not as many open eyes, good, fair Scott Stevens checks without shoulder to head. But I'll tell you, this is something, my friend. And it is, I'm telling you, we might not be at a better spot in terms of skill in 106 years of NHL hockey.
2: Boy, did you ever gloss over the, uh, the uh, 16 saves on 22 shots by Phoenix Copley against the St. Louis Blues on Sunday night? Won another game. Th- th- to me, that's the evidence right there. The Corpus is their number one goaltender. To me, that was the evidence that says, that's why Rob Blake went out and got Eunice Corpusalo. That's the reason. And that because to me, Felix Copley is a backup goaltender. Nothing more, nothing less. Anyway, I'll leave it at that. 450 goal scores in 21-22. We have two now in 22-23. I ask you, my friend, who will join the 50 goal club in the
1: 22-23 season? Okay, let's go over our list as of this very second. Now, okay. McDavid's at sixty. We want 70, but it might end up being Root Mariel Lemieux, Root 66. You know, and he beats Ovechkin, who got the 65. Obviously, Pasternak is there. Congratulations! It's funny how he fans and Brent Burns over back checks and gets a stick on, and then it goes into the net. That's the funniness. But just to put an exclamation point, then he wires in number 51. I want to believe Miko Rantanen, who's been so good this year, still for whatever reason a little underrated we, he's not, he's our steve larmer we just call him underrated so much when he shouldn't be but anyway i want him there very very badly and i'm on the leon drysdale train because i've always felt leon Dreisidel is the second best player in the league and how he helps my cause my selfish cause is if he's a 50 100 guy well he's got the 100 kills penalties did you see No, he did mcdavid and Dreisidel. that's the nashville move that they first did in nashville I And mean, dry a few years ago went off whoever puts their back to a player gets a sauce pass i call it a gretzky right on the stick perfectly and then zips it into the net laurent brossois had no idea what was coming in, in that one so that would be four that would be four then i look at brayden point who's might become one of the most where was he to where he now 50 goal scores never done it before Just got healthier as the year went along. But remember, when you've got 9, left, that's a lot. Then do you play. Then do you rest. All of those things come into play. McDavid, Pasternak, Rantanen, Dreisaitl is 4. I want Point to be 5. But I'm going to say 4. I'm going to play it safe. I want Point to be 5. I want him to get a hat trick. I'm going to say 4. I'm gonna say that we've got four out of logic. Remember me. I'm trying to be a realist. I'm gonna be a realist.
2: Okay, so I'm with you on four, and I'm with you on the exact same four players. We already know two of them, right? And could Braden Point be this year's Chris Kreider? I would love to see Braden Point get 50 goals because I mean, he, you talk about you talk about Miko Rantanen. Miko Rantanen is is, is is one top-notch player. End of story. And you know, you think about Braden Point, one top notch player, end of story. People might not see him lots, but th- th- these two players are, are outstanding. And Nathan McKinnon is going to get 100 points. I don't think there's any question McKinnon's getting 100 points. I know, I know we talk about, and, and Leon's unbelievable, don't get me wrong. But really, when you think about McKinnon and you think about the games he missed this year and still getting 100 points. I mean, wow. I mean, you think about – I think about those three players. And Austin Matthews is playing great now. He's finding his level of play, you know, Braden point in the middle. I mean, you talk about a center ice in the National Hockey League, Jack Hughes. I I am – I'm turning on the games, and I'm gobsmacked watching the brilliance of these players. I'm just gobsmacked how great they are and, and what an impact. I didn't even mention Tage Thompson, like how great he is. And Sidney Crosby, when we carry on the center ice position. Oh my God, Steve, you want to be a voter for the first and second team NHL end of season all-star teams while well, we don't McDavid's number one. Oh boy. Oh boy. There's some competition for
1: that second spot. <laughs> and you know who else? And I don't like to say quietly, but they've gone through a lot at press time here. The Vancouver Canucks oh, yeah. are back. They're back to NHL 500, and Elias Pettersson has been outstanding. It's nice to see him smile. You know, we've always felt there was too much there in Vancouver not to be that bad. We will say, though, that your Demko, since his return, has been that good. Saw the beautiful graphic. But the, the before Demko and then the after Demko, and it kind of works that way, you know. BC AD and how things can change on a dime. I don't know if you believe in garbage time or what this means for Vancouver next year. Philip Horonic, good for her. Philip Horonic. We've talked about that before, but they still got to improve their defense next year. Don't just don't just ride this little wave. I guess I'd like to finish saying to you Craig, the Ottawa Senators. Will they just keep will they be the puppy that never grows up or will next year will they finally be toilet trained so they've got a goalie right? They got a goalie so we can finally say, nope, it's time now. It's time for Ottawa. Like they're going to have Detroit. They're going to have Buffalo. They're going to have teams, Washington retooling next year. They're going to be nipping at their knees, all that kind of stuff. I just wonder if the Sens will finally take a step, finally take it to another level, Craig. And I guess it starts with stability in the crease.
2: Well, I, I will I will kind of segue in there with uh, Vancouver. You know, so Vancouver had a fantastic finish the last year. Then they, you know, they signed Mikheyev, who's hurt out for the year. They signed Kuzmenko. And my feeling all the way, oh, this is pretty interesting. They got lots of forwards. They're gonna use some of their some of their forwards and try to get some defensemen. Well, they never did that. And that's where they suffered. Then Demko got hurt, who cleans up everything, literally. And figuratively. So now Demko's back. You know you got a, you got you got a you got a number one goaltender. There's no question about it. Vancouver Connects, don't make the same mistake you made last summer. You better go get some defensemen, defense men, men, not a man, men, you need more than one. Get going. So the Ottawa Senators, they're in the same spot. They're, they're not going to be a successful team until they get the goaltending in order. You have Matt Sogard, so they believe in him. That's great. And just like the Boston Bruins believed in Jeremy Swayman, a good prospect in their system. And they said, that ah, ain't good enough. And they knew Raskin and Halak were coming to the end. So what did they go and do? They signed Lena Solmark. That's what the Ottawa Senators have to do. They have to go and identify where there's an opportunity to add a goaltender, not a hope somebody that they really believe in. It doesn't have to be somebody with 500 NHL games or 200 Lena Solmark is the perfect example. The Ottawa Senators, Stutzler's the best player from the from that draft now. He's better than Lafreniere by a wide margin. Okay. And you know, you look at what he's done, he's the best player. And you got Kachuk and you got Bathurst, and you, you trade for Chickering, you have Sanderson, you have Shabbat. If they don't fix the, if they don't get capable goaltending, I'm fine with Sogard, but you better go get another guy in there. Because if you don't, they're gonna have the same problems next season. Same exact problems, and that will be on them. Shame on them. Shame on the Vancouver Canucks. Your problem is so obvious. Now go fix it. And don't tell me how hard it is, Steve. Don't tell me that, oh, you know how hard it is to make a trade? Oh, it is? Okay, we'll get a new, new general manager here then if it's so hard for you.
1: Great stuff. From uh, physicality to suspensions to the golden era to 50 and 100 and looking into the crystal ball for next year. Uh, Enjoy the rest of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Our version of March Madness is almost over. Can you believe? April Fool, you a fool. On April Fool's Day is on Saturday. Don't get fooled before 11 o'clock. We'll be back before then with episode 128. For Craig Button, Bruce Bolton, I'm Steve Koulias. This is episode 127. Uh, Any issues or complaints, please contact Craig.